I ended up taking a lot of odd jobs. I worked. I went to Manpower and got. Yeah, I, I was at Manpower and, for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I was just like, I, I gotta provide for my kid. You know, and I literally. So, the way my mom showed us that she would always figure it out, I always figured it out. Mm-hmm. There were times where there was no food in the refrigerator. I'm not even joking. And me being a proud person, I never asked for help. Never asked for help. I would go and I would go to my mother-in-law's, ex-mother-in-law's house and uh, just kind of go visit. And I made sure my kid had food in his mouth. Wow. Yeah. And then I would leave once I knew he had food. Yeah. I never asked for anything to hand out, nothing. Never asked anyone for any help or anything like that because I was like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll get it done. And sure enough, <laughs> you know, I figured it out. And um, I think that in itself has made me who I am today. Welcome to the Blood Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show. So H&M. how, how long were you at H&M or for? So my son was born in 2009. And, um, they gave me, this was the best, like they had the best like benefits. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because Stockholm company. Yeah. The Swedes, Sweden is a socialist country and they really are about taking care of the people. The whole country as a whole is about taking care of the people. So, so you get six months paid. Yeah. European corporate values. When you go on maternity leave and then you get the three months from, the state of california yeah oh wow so i spent the first nine months with my son wow yeah talk about bonding right yeah Yeah. didn't want to go back to work obviously (laughs) you're like (laughs) and then i spent another and then when i went back to work it was like i had to go back to the same lifestyle and you're talking it was in a different city every single week yeah so i would leave him a lot easier when you didn't have a son right yeah Mm -hmm. so i would leave monday Let's say I'd go to the office in San Francisco, get there by eight o'clock, and then end up, you know, going home by five, getting home by seven. So I was gone from for like twelve hours a day. Right. For my son. And then when I traveled, I would do same day travel. So I'd leave at four AM and then I'd get on a plane, go to Seattle, turn right back around the last flight at seven o'clock, go see the three stores out there, come back at seven PM. And then drive from San Jose back to Hollister to go see my son. So literally, I would be gone like for a long time. Wait, your son was in Hollister, and you yeah. were working in San Francisco and traveling all over. Mm-hmm. How'd you end up in Hollister? So that's where ex-husband's family is. Oh, yeah. Okay. So did you live in San Francisco, or you just worked in no, San Francisco? No. So when we first got married in two thousand and eight, we lived in Sunnyvale. Oh, okay. So yeah. South Bay. Here, something, yeah. here, something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So you were just commuting now. Yeah. Which is nothing new to you. No. Yeah. And I it mean, was awesome here because you could take the train. Yeah. And I could be on my laptop on my way to work already advancing yeah. myself so that by the time I got to the office, I was already done with yeah. my sales per hour. Oh, wow. So like it was, it was perfect yeah, for me. That's awesome. Your, your work's done by the time you get to the yeah, office. Yeah. But if I left even a minute too yeah. late, then I was having to drive. And wow. paying twenty five dollars a day for parking. Yeah, San Francisco yeah. parking is nuts. ridiculous. Yeah, 
money makers oh yeah parking garages mm-hmm. you know if you ever want to invest in something yeah. get right. parking garages. i thought about that that's yeah. a really good business i was even talking to some guy in san jose about how to start and all that kind of stuff so. yeah so you know you have your son your h&m um what happens after all that so it was january of 2010 and uh basically what ended up happening was was it 2010 yeah, he was already going to be one. So in December, um, my my corporate um, controller, my my upline, my direct um, boss, I guess, she's like, we're going to have a meeting in New York, and I need you to be out here. Hmm. And it was going to be for a whole week. Oh, wow. Hmm. And I was like, I have a newborn. Like, I have an infant. And he's still breastfeeding, like, you know, are you guys going to pay for my husband to come to? And they're like, well, no, we're paying for all your expenses and you can deal with, you know, getting him here. But that would mean he would have to not work through that whole week. Mm. So I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And he was already like, no, he hated my job already. Mm. So it was like, okay, how to make a decision. So it was like, okay, be a mom or be completely absent from his life. And I was like, no, I can't do that. So it was a tough decision because I had the dream job. You know, I mm. finally got yeah. that dream job. And I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. This is more important. He's more important. Mm. And so I went from being like a nonstop go, go, go person to being a stay-at-home mom, which drove me nuts. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, like, how was that? It's ex- extreme, very extreme it was. Transition. It was a huge transition for me. And... um didn't last very long, <laughs> but, but I ended up, so I ended up, uh, getting, because they, they laid me off cause they refused to go. Yeah. So they laid me off. They found other reasons to lay me off. So, you know, yeah. it's all good. It happens. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't have changed it. Not even for a minute. Yeah. And so I ended up collecting unemployment and everything. And then that's, that ceased to exist. And then we ended up buying a house in Hollister. So now I'm in a house in Hollister and I have my son and I was married at the time and everything. And it seemed like I had it all, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was 30. I was turning 30 that year. And uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden everything started falling apart. <laughs> You're like, ah. Yeah, because I was not me. I w- yeah. My identity was lost. Yeah. And so I kind of went through that whole whirlwind of emotions like what is my purpose i'm this person's husband you know this person's wife this person's mother but who am i yeah and that was my identity my identity just totally got lost like who i was what i was about what i wanted out of life and it was one of those things where i just had to like figure it out and went through a separation i was now unemployed with an infant no income coming in and going through a divorce and separation and i was like how the heck did i get here at 30 i I see that's a funny thing so i said i want to be married have a child have my first child and have a home by 30 i did that and then i lost it all yeah (laughs) it's like sound like me (laughs) (laughs) so i was like oh i'm on track i'm on track i'm hitting and then all of a sudden boom like you hit a brick wall and it's like everything changed so it was just craziness so i went from not having any income to then i started applying everywhere 
And again, so in 2010, I got my master's, but that was because I just wanted the paper. Right. Right. I just, I had two classes left because right when H&M recruited me, I was finishing up my master's and I had two classes left and I was like, might as well just go and get them before my credits yeah. expire. So Smart. I went and I, I graduated in June of 2010. And I remember at the time, um, my ex-husband told me, he goes, um, you need somebody better than me. And I was like, what? <laughs> mm. And it so was kind of felt like he wasn't worth you, who you were as a person. Um, I don't know. It, it's again, it's identity. Yeah. I, it, I don't know how he it's felt. big in relationships, too. Right. And but, and he basically felt like, you know, that I was leaving him behind. And I was like, no, like I'm trying to take you with yeah. me on my journey. But but as a guy, too, like, you know, if, if you feel like, I don't know, not me, but. I mean, I, I could see his point. Like, if you feel like your woman is higher achiever, working harder, doing this, it makes you feel like, oh, what's wrong with me? You know right. what I mean? So I guess I, I could see where he, his thought process was. But like you said, you're like, no, no, I'm I'm doing this yeah. for us. So we're taking you with me. You know what right. I mean? Right. So. Yeah. But again, you can't. And that's the thing that I've learned is that one of the things that I tell all my girlfriends that, you know, they've had really bad relationships and everything. There are people in your life that God puts in your plate, in your path to get you to that next level. It doesn't mean that they're going to go with you to that next level. Yeah. yeah. My ex-wife said it best. She said people in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Exactly. You'll figure it out later which one it is. So right. he was in your life for a reason. Or you guys were in each other's lives for a reason, mm -hmm. a season. I mean, you got your son out of it, right? Exactly. And Best but, gift but, ever. But yeah, but but not meant to be together for the lifetime. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, I, I don't regret anything in my life. Everything in my life has happened with a purpose and has got me to who I am today. Yeah. So it's it's just it's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. And that's life. And so what ended up happening from there is I ended up taking any job that I can take because that paper actually hurt me more than helped me. Wow, because you were in Hollister. Or, or How did it, it hurt you? I was overqualified. Yeah. Every oh. position. Well, because, uh, yeah, the jobs you were applying for, you were right. trying to get a job. Well, I was trying to become a, com a controller for another company. Like, I tried at schools, like, even, like, I tried at um, the colleges, everything. I tried every single position. You were Rachel Green trying to apply at the school. <laughs> like, what? Well, it was like I had the degrees. I thought, yeah. oh, the, I have the master's. You know, it's sometimes people are afraid for. to hire you because they're afraid that you're going to take, take their, their job, job in a couple of years. You know, mm, exactly. I'm, like, I'm going to hire my replacement. <laughs> Go hire Dee over there. <laughs> I'll keep my job forever. Exactly right. <laughs> Corporate America. Yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it's about. So. I ended up taking a lot of odd jobs. I worked. I went to Manpower and got. Yeah, I, I was jobs at Manpower and, for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I was just like, I, I gotta provide for my kid. You know, and I literally. So, the way my mom showed us that she would always figure it out, I always figured it out. Mm -hmm. There were times where there was no food in the refrigerator. I'm not even joking. Mm -hmm. And me being a proud person, I never asked for help. Never asked for help. I would go and I would go to my mother-in-law's, ex-mother-in-law's house and uh, just kind of go visit. And I made sure my kid had food in his mouth. Wow. Yeah. And then I would leave once I knew he had food. Yeah. I never asked for anything. I hand out nothing. Never asked anyone for any help or anything like that because I was like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll get it done. And sure enough, <laughs> you know, I figured it out. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that in itself has made me who I am today because yeah. I know what it's like to have abundance and I know what it's like to have nothing. Yeah. And I still figured it out. 
Yeah, like they say, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. <laughs> but it kind of sucks when you're going through it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you gotta, you know, everyone Sorry. wants that crazy, you know. We great. need to have some tissues on the floor. I know, right? Yeah, yeah we should. We should always <laughs> have no, that trust now. Trust me, a lot of people have. Teared up. Here. I've cried here before. Yeah. 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 Um. So go? sorry about that, but that's no, okay. That's amazing. Like, um. Huh? You don't need a tissue. No, I'm good. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you it's, for sharing that. By the way, it's not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no. Feel free. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. No, I mean you're gonna help a lot of people just by hearing your story. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know you made it happen for yourself. Yeah. And so I ended up getting a job at a um, company called PS PNC Industrial. PSC Industrial. Yeah. PSC. They're a trucking company. Okay. And you would be like, trucking company? Like, how did you end up with a trucking company? I was, I did billing for them. So I ended up being so good at what I did, I kept growing with that company. Right. And so I ended up managing the big, I don't know if you guys remember Metcalf when that blew up. I remember the name, yeah. So Metcalf um, substation blew up. Like it exploded. Somebody came with AK-47, just blew up the whole area. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like all over the news and the whole thing and... Um, so we did all of the major, um, like, uh, cl- spill and cleanups, emergency response for pg e mm-hmm. So I literally was the direct contact between the emergency response team for pg e and billing. And I remember having a conversation with like the manager for emergency response. And he said, he's all, all I want from you is a breakdown of how much we're spending on a daily basis. And I want to know what to expect when the end of the day comes. So I want to recap from you every day. Can you do that for me? I said, absolutely. He goes, I want to know how much PPE is spent, how much, you know, how many gallons of, you know, solution is used, how many, you know, Tyvex are used, all the, you know, basic coveralls, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to know on a daily basis what's being used. So I've always been one of those people that, like, I go and make sure that from the top to the bottom, I go, hey, I need your help. I didn't say, hey, you need to do this, this. Mm. No, I said, hey, I need your help. And I talked to either, all my emergency response guys. And I said, look, guys, I go, I really need your help. This is a big project. I know it's going to suck. I know it's going to be awful. I know you're going to want to like get mad at me, but I need your help. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal. This is a big project, and it means more money for the company as well as more money for each of us. And I want to make sure you guys are compensated for your time and your efforts correctly. So this is what I need from you. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, get more bees with honey, right? Yeah. <laughs> so literally I took on this project and it was a ridiculously crazy project where I had to track all the man hours and everything on a daily basis. And this is when they were transitioning to tablets, you know, because iPads aren't that old. Yeah. <laughs> so they were transitioning to tablets. So they had, I had them, I said, look, this is what I need you to fill out. This is when you use this, I need you to itemize it. Yeah. That way I could bill properly. So then I was calculating on a daily basis on this project and they wrote a purchasing order for a million dollars. Well, when we were done, it was $34 million. Wow. Yeah. And within 48 hours of me issuing the final bill to the emergency response manager, he paid it in full. Wow. Within 48 hours. That's crazy. That has never happened in the history of PSC Industrial. Wow. Never happened. And, and because you were on top of your stuff and you the guy didn't even team? question. Wow. He didn't even question me. He was like, wow. Like, yeah, here's your check. Dang. So 
it was one of those things where everyone was just like celebrating everything and what that did that do for you though did it make you like realize like you're capable of a, yeah. a lot yeah it it was like gratification it was gratification of a well job well done impossibility goal but also not only that it was the biggest check that was ever cut to them as a whole mm. so then i was like this is my end this is my opportunity to get to that next level so you brought in 34 million dollars for the company basically yep wow in, yeah. how, in how long 48 hours from the job completion Wow. Wow. And usually for them to pay that kind of bill, they usually do payments or yeah. installments or whatever. Instant. And they gave you a nice mm-hmm. bonus of 500 bucks. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, actually, I got pink papers. You got what? <laughs> I got a pink slip. What? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Corporate, Corporate America. America. Thank you for just giving us the biggest check ever. You're fired. So here's the thing that happened. So I ended up, um, I was on a high. Yeah. And I walked into the manager's office because the emergency response manager said that they were hiring uh, somebody to take over, like his, above his job. And he goes, you'd be perfect for it. Wow. He goes, he goes, I mean, the way you manage this contract, like you'd be perfect to manage that. So he offered you the job above him? Yeah, he wanted me to be his boss. Wow. So I walk into the district manager's office, and I'm not going to say names, obviously, yeah. but... Um, you I know wa- who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked him, I said, hey, you know, I, I know you guys have this opening available, et cetera, et cetera. I'm interested in applying and putting my hat into the ring for it. And uh, he started laughing. And I was just like, okay. He goes, he goes, you don't know how to read a manifest, you know. And plus, you're a lady. Like the guys aren't going to respect you. Sexism. And I looked at him and I was like, well, I come, I have respect from all of the team, and I can learn how to read a manifest. Yeah. I go, what's the real reason for me not getting that position? And he goes, no, I'm already thinking about hiring so and so and doing this with that person and that person. And I was like, well, all due respect, if you hire a subcontractor to manage your in-house team, what's going to hold them from going and using their subs versus our guys? Right. And he got mad. Because you were right. Yeah, because you you basically checked him. "Hmm?" I was like, why would would a subcontractor not use his guys rather than our guys? Yeah. Like, come on. Right. Because that's more money in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And he got mad. And like within a week, I was called into the other the manager under his office. And uh, they sat me down and they said that um, due to job performance, I was being let go. So due to doing that's too good of a job. Bull crap. Wow. And I was like, that's interesting. I was like, what kind of paperwork do you have showing that I have not been performing my job? Mm-hmm. What documentation? There's, this is not for discussion. The decision's already been made. You need to go to your desk and clear out anything that is your personal belongings. And you're going to be escorted by so-and-so wow. to make sure that you don't take any company property. Jeez. So I had files of job applications and other things that I was thinking about doing like already because I was already like, okay, I got it. If I'm not going to get it here, then I'm going to look for it somewhere else. And this was in 2004. And um, I ended up basically (laughs) getting let go. And again, like I provided for my son and I, and I took us from like having nothing to having something and still staying in my house at the time. And, 
being able to st- 2014 sorry yeah, and still being able time. and i was like wait <laughs> i was like <laughs> did i miss something <laughs> yeah. we just went back yeah. went backwards yeah. back in time um and so i was like i was freaking out I that was wasn't like, that what long am I gonna ago do? that was like about mm-hmm. seven years ago yeah wow and so i didn't know what i was gonna do and i cried and i complained and i like this isn't fair should i go to the department of labor all this and i was just like what for why am i gonna fight for some i don't want to go back there you just you were an entrepreneur in the corporate world you just didn't i I just didn't know it (laughs) yeah you were just overachieving they're like what's wrong with you you're you're weird they want to open your own company they (laughs) wanted to have more control over you and you just stood up for what you believed in you stood up for yourself and they couldn't handle it yeah. And yeah. then being a woman in a man's exactly. world. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean yeah. trucking. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But good for you for standing up for yourself though. Yeah. And it's like people are like, That doesn't happen. I'm like, Maybe it doesn't happen to you, but it yeah. happened to me. Yeah, it happens. You know. Yeah. And so I just I couldn't believe it and I was applying again. My master's degree, my education, my my previous experience with PG and E and it didn't help me it hurt me yeah that's the funny part right yeah ironic ironic. yeah big time and so it was my last month of unemployment and i ended up so again i was always active in church singing in a choir and the whole thing we got invited to a pastor's church to go sing and then afterwards the pastor sat us you know had us over for dinner and everything and what do you think he asked me isaac (laughs) Do you keep your business options open? <laughs> so, what do you do? Yeah. You <laughs> Went around sharp. the table. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. 100%, yeah. And I was sitting, I remember sitting in the back of that room. Is and that Pastor Ben? Pastor Ben, okay. yeah. And I remember sitting in the back of that room. In, oh, I think it was Center Road. Yeah, I think it was Center Road. Yeah. Center, yeah. I started yeah. at Great Oak, so yeah, center. Yeah. And I remember when um Rob Welsh Oh Rob was Rob did the meeting, okay. It was Rob and Eric. Okay. So oh, Yeah. Well, Eric didn't close me. Rob did. Okay. Because he talked about the story about his mom and yeah. or his sister and brother in law. And I was like, if that's something me. happens to me, like what the heck's gonna happen to Abner? Yeah. Like that's the only thing I had in my mind. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I just I was like, I have to do something. Mm-hmm. I have to do something. Like I can't just sit with my arms crossed. Like I gotta, I gotta do something for mm-hmm. him. I gotta do something for my legacy. Like I can't just sit here with my arms crossed and hope for the best. They you know, connected like with your why. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't about the money. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, the money was gonna help, obviously, but yeah. it was about the opportunity to help out other people that were going through what I was going through. Yeah. So that's where your uh, financial services and entrepreneurial journey started. That's where it started. That's crazy when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know the whole story, but it's just God's timing, I guess. And it's yep. funny, it happened in church, right? It happened in church. <laughs> <laughs> it's like God said. Yeah. You got recruited well in church. Right after it, didn't Right we? after yeah. Yeah. The meeting like, after the meeting. You think sharp? <laughs> what do you do? Do you keep your business? He was probably brand new back then. I think he was. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't even know how to prospect. Anyways. Exactly. So what happens now? You're in your, uh, now you realize that you have to do something and you start your right. real, where where you fit, like an entrepreneurial right. journey. So what happens so next? So it was a journey in itself where I had to relive the opportunity of learning who I was. Uh-huh. So what 
that company did for me was very, very much an eye-opening experience in which it re, it gave me the opportunity to re-love myself. Yeah. And that's a funny really thing. know who I was. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, that's but that's okay. a funny thing about that about that company because I was I'm was also part of them and you know I came in kind of like at the same time. It's, it's weird. Like ah, that's what I love about the organization is they if you're already polished you're going to come in and, and kill it mm-hmm. but if you're not they will literally rebuild you yep shine you up and then you can go off and succeed Do whatever yeah wow. <laughs> so tell us more about that so i mean i was broken you know yeah. divorced you know um divorce was finalized in 2012 wow so i mean we separated in 2010 but the paperwork finally cleared in 2012 um i never wanted to be divorced i never asked for it it happened yeah you know, so for, you know, growing up in church, like I thought I was a failure, yeah. you know, because that's what, you know, who gets divorced, you know? Right. <laughs> and so I just felt like, okay, I'm divorced. I'm a single mom. I've been, you know, let go now. I, I have no job, no income. Like I literally felt like I was a complete failure. Yeah. And most people would basically go with their tail between their legs and go running home to mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I figured it out. I was like, I got to figure this out. Like, whatever it is, I got to figure it out. Whatever it's going to be, I got to figure it out. And I did. I, I was actually your assistant for a while, yeah. too. It's <laughs> funny. The best assistant <laughs> I ever had in my entire... I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like how all the people you work with are like, what are you doing in this role? You you belong in my role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in in that in in that career, it was it was more like just the progression, you know what I right. mean? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyways. And it's like what ends up happening is that a lot of people would always tell me, "Don't do more than when you're supposed to." Every single role that I've ever got at your into. jobs. Yes. Right. Even when I was like in there too, like in oh, really? in the company. Like, don't do more than you're supposed to because then you're always going to be asked to be doing that. Right. So mm-hmm. you had to learn how to not just give, but also right. receive as well. Right. And that's the thing is that I've always been taught to give. And yeah. I've always been taught not to ask. Yeah. So givers and high achievers and people that try to do it all on their own, it's very difficult for them to ask for help or right. to to receive receive anything. Exactly. Help is the yeah. first level of receiving. Right. And like, I was always so proud that I never wanted to ask for help. I remember when I had to go into the, the, what is it called? When you ask for food stamps and stuff. Um, Um, It's not EBT. Yeah, EBT. So I never in my life had food stamps, or at least I don't know if my mom did because we never knew. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember right after um, my ex had left and I had no income. I went to the office and I asked and I broke down with the counselor. I was like, I've never had to do this in my life. Yeah. I don't know why I'm here, but I need help and yeah. I got to feed my kids. You got to do what you got to do mm. to feed your son. You know? Exactly. And I never got any any um, assistance yeah. monetarily because I had to report my ex in order to do that. Wow. Yeah. They said, well, if you want monetary assistance, you need to report him to... Um, what is it called when child when child support child yeah support. child support yeah and I was like well no like I'm not gonna do that yeah. you know and so I was like he's gonna provide for his son the way he's gonna provide for his son I'm not gonna ask him to right. provide and so 
it was very tricky like for me to figure all that like I I figured and I ended up renting a room in the other side of my house and I got I figured it out like yeah. I had a big house I had a three bedroom two bath on one side two bedroom one bath on the other side mm-hmm. like we bought the house with the intent to have it as an investment to get you know get to that next level but you know it just it helped me through those stages like yeah. having that income and stuff so I figured it out and I you know I I went through it and the thing was is that when I was when I was working at in that, that organization, I loved being around people and I always wanted to help everybody. And I would have people say, Why are you helping them? They're not on your team. Like why are you giving of yourself to somebody else's benefit? And I was just like, Because that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> like, right. That's how I was taught. Like you give of yourself to help others and it's gonna come back to you. It always yep. does. Yeah. And I've always been that person that like I probably give more than I should. And people do take advantage of it. And it happens to everybody that allows it to. Um, But there was a couple of people that I met throughout my career there that said profound words to me that literally just stuck with me. And one of the conversations that I had was it was in November of 2018. I had the opportunity to go to a great retreat and meet with some of the top, you know, people in the organization. And I had a meeting with this individual and he hugged me and it was just him and I. And he said, your era of giving is coming to an end and it's time for you to start receiving. And I was like, boom, I was like, what? I was just like, it's crazy. Like you just, you think those words like whatever. And it was also written in a book that he gifted me. And I have that book to this day. What book is it? Um, it's actually the book that um, Think and Grow Rich, the second version. Mm. So for me, it was very powerful to have that and for that individual to share that with me. He goes, you've always been a giver. And he goes, and that's okay. He goes, but now you need to learn how to be a receiver. So your era of giving was about to begin. You know, it's funny, just real quick. Um, Randy taught me that. <laughs> Randy, yeah. Shout out to you, Randy. I know you probably don't watch this, but if you ever do, thank you. So I was always, I was also a huge giver. Yeah. Didn't know how to receive. People would give me a compliment. I'd shoot it right back, you know? Yeah. And I think I, t- I told you about this. I told somebody, he's like, Isaac, he's like, you need to learn how to receive. Yeah. He's like, before you give a compliment back, take it. Mm-hmm. He's like, be like, thank you. Mm-hmm. I received that. And then... You can give the compliment. And I was like, you know what I mean? This guy's like 10 years younger than me. So (laughs) anyways, this organization has some pretty amazing people. Um, And uh, it's funny how you mentioned like books and stuff have helped Mm -hmm. you. Um, So it's funny how I I didn't even realize, but our stories are very similar. You know, I would always tell mine before I did presentations. And when you say it so many times, it kind of like, it doesn't hit you as hard because you say it so much. But then you think about like, damn, I went through a lot. Um, But I read that book, 177 Mental Toughness Secrets of the World Class by Steve Siebel, right? And uh, there's a quote that says, the world class are professional failures. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what? It's like, (laughs) I cannot fail. I can only learn and grow. Mm -hmm. And growth itself contains the germ of happiness. So I used to beat myself up a lot about my divorce and I'm a Mm -hmm. failure and lost my identity. and All these things you've gone through, it's crazy. I went through it too. And that completely changed my perspective on what we call failure. 
Right. Right. First attempt in learning. It's not a failure if it's a lesson. It's a stepping stone to your next level. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't fail. I was like, I learned so much from that divorce. Like, I, I'm not yeah. the same person. And my whole view of failure was changed. And that changed my life. So yeah. I just wanted to mention that because, yeah, I mean, a lot of books that, we, that we've been shown and learned. Yeah. You guys read books, right? Yeah. All the secrets or are audible. books. Yeah, or Audible. But Audible's nobody, yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what happens after? So your era of receiving begins. What's next? So I gave myself... Um, I had a, com- a couple conversations, a couple tough conversations in which um, I made the decision to move to Arizona and I was living up here in the Bay Area and I had a conversation with um, my leadership and I and I said, look, I'm looking at, you know, moving to Arizona. What do you think? And I respected my leadership and I was I was expecting, you know, a year previously I had asked him and he said, no, you're not ready. You can't go. So me personally, I was like, I took it like offensive and everything. And then when I approached him again, he's like, he goes, look, he goes, there's people that are meant to be assistants and there's people that are meant to be leaders. He goes, and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to keep you as an assistant. So that was my first step at fully understanding that I was meant to be a leader. Right. And sometimes we have to realize it for ourselves before things start to happen. But it's funny, you fi- you find that people tell you it, but you don't fully grasp right. it. Right. The inner ear versus the outer ear. Yes. Yeah. And so that was the first time I got that conversation, had that conversation. And then the next conversation was that conversation where I was told that I was now going to be a receiver. And then the last conversation that kind of put like the nail on the head, like hit the nail on the head was um, the individual that I spoke to in a, a sales conference in Phoenix, um, I asked him like, where are you in, in the process? Like, I see that your team's like huge. You guys are all on the same momentum. You're all growing, growing, growing. Why is it that you're not out beating out all these other teams? Like, talk to me. Like, I'm very analytical. I like to kind of understand like where people's mindset are, why they do what they do, the choices that they make, et cetera. And the conversation that that individual told me was, I was sold a dream a long time ago, and I'm living that dream. Amen. So that being said, I was like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) I was like, what dream was that? And he said, well, I want to make sure that I see my daughter grow up. I want to make sure that she has the life that she deserves. I want to make sure that she never lacks. And that includes my presence. Right. And I was like, wow. And I was like, that was like one of those things where I stopped in my tracks. And I was like, it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, I was like, seriously, like, because so many times I was always like, I want to be number one. I want to make all this money. I want to be a billionaire. I want to do this. I want to do that. But it's not about the money. It's about what the money can do for you. And right. then once you figure out what it is that you want to complete, you know, actually achieve, then the money will come. Yeah. yeah. But you have to figure out what your purpose in life is, what you're supposed to do. Amen. So that's what we're when all about. I heard that, I was just like, well, what the heck am I doing then? Yeah. <laughs> like, here I am chasing the money, but I don't really know what my purpose is, mm-hmm. like what I'm supposed to get out of this. Like, I really haven't identified it. I was just like, oh, well, I want to be number one. Everybody wants to be number one. Yeah. That reminds me of Gary Vee. Uh, so. <laughs> Gary Vee has this quote, uh, and I don't know if this is what it means, but this is how I took it. He says, it's not how much money you make, but it's how 
you, you make. make your money. Mm-hmm. And at first I didn't understand that because, again, I was like right. caught up in the Kool-Aid just like you about being number one and this is the best and da 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 And it is great. It is great. But it wasn't how I was supposed to make my money. Right. So I was not living my true purpose and not being true to myself and being myself. So I was not achieving. Like in the end, I'm not going to get to those levels if it's not my purpose. Right. Like the opportunity is there, but if it's not your opportunity, you're not going to get there. You yeah. know what I mean? So I understand what you mean by that. So you guys remember uh, Tony Robbins? Uh, he said, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Yeah. Wow. I've never heard that. That's, That's powerful. Oh, yeah. Do you guys hear that? Say it again. Leave it in the comments. <laughs> Say it again. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Right. Tony Robbins. Boom. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're successful, but you're not fulfilled, please figure f- out your purpose. Figure it out. Yeah. That's what our podcast is about. Find your purpose. Anyways. That's so what's true. next? So um, probably about two or three months passed after that. And, and I had somebody in the company that was like my running partner. Mm-hmm. And they left. And I didn't know what was going on. And um, I reached out to that individual. And I was like, dude, I was like, you, you bailed on me. Like, what's yeah. going on? Where'd you go? Right. And he was very cautious and everything. And, you know, and with right to be so you Mm. know because you just you never know when people ask you questions they don't know you don't know if they're asking you because they care or because they're trying to get information from you Mm. so i mean i know i'm very cautious about everything every conversation that i have and every single conversation i've ever had is is genuine and direct and it's because people have sought me out like i don't go talking to people just because and i lost a lot of friends when i left the the organization i did well Well, whenever you leave a tribe friends yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's a tribe whenever you leave any tribe mm-hmm. any tribe even your own family right. you start to change your friends right yeah it's part of the process right no of course but those that are true will stay true and those that are not will not but it's not part of your journey anyway so no and again whoever get they'll get you to that next step in your life not necessarily going to go to the next one after that right so i'm very grateful for everything like everything that i that i achieved that i you know, prove to myself that I could do it, that I could be, you know, me again. Because I, I found me again. Right. Like that company allowed me to find that's my identity again. And it gave me the strength and the opportunity to figure out my purpose. So I got my identity with that company and that organization. I'm forever grateful for that. But that wasn't where I was supposed to stay. Mm-hmm. And I've recognized that. And I saw an opportunity and I took it. Mm-hmm. And in January of 2000, um, right before the pandemic, right? 2020. <laughs> 2020. 2020. Yes. I can't yeah. even think about dates. I'm like. 2020. I'm like, I was 10 years old. <laughs> I um, thought we were in 2018. Yeah, like, I thought we were yeah. progressing. <laughs> I'm bad with, with dates. That's I don't okay. know why. But uh, that's all right. Uh, like, so 2020, yeah. January 2020. Right before the pandemic hit. Right before the pandemic hit, I decided to make a change. Yeah. And I decided to make a change quietly and I severed my ties and I I said my goodbyes and I said, I'm doing this for me and my son and there's no hard feelings. There's no, you know, I left for me, I left on good terms um, because I had the conversation and I literally did not know what was going to come from that. I could have fallen on my face. I could have, you know. It's pretty scary, actually. Yeah, because you're taking a leap of faith in something you don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. 
And I went with just myself and my business partner, Paul. And I appreciate that. That guy's like my brother. Like, I can count on him for anything. And By the way, where is your brother right now? My brother? Your real brother. Oh, the one I'm, that was with you in Southern Oh, he's California. back in Tucson. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's actually now going to be, um, believe it or not, he's actually just passed his exams to, wow. to be a, um, a uh, police officer. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Nice. I know from a shoe salesman to yeah. medical, <laughs> and he sold medical supplies. He still does. Oh, wow. Like medical like equipment and supplies overseas and everything, and he's really good at sales. I'm like, come work with me, and he's yeah. like, no. Like, no, I'm just going to go arrest people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, his best friend's a, a sergeant. Uh, that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. The he's, tribe. He's really excited about yeah. it, so I'm, I'm proud of him. Hey, congrats like, to you, bro. You know, he's gonna turn he just turned he's gonna turn 40 this year so wow you know it's like he's like i'm like running with 20 year olds <laughs> and i'm keeping up good <laughs> like, good, good for you because it doesn't matter how old you are right? exactly he's six four dude's tall like wow what happened to me right hey <laughs> you got all the the, the spunk yeah <laughs> right it was the run. small but mighty yeah. yeah i'm the shortest one yeah. everyone's five four and taller so you and your business partner paul mm-hmm. now start a new venture tell us right. about that so super scary so same industry mm-hmm. but completely different model okay so for me it was always about you know building a team building an agency and recruiting and selling right to those recruits and there's their friends and family and such so going from that model to ffl's model is like night and day like okay. they're they're not they're not the same mm-hmm. in the sense that with FFL, you buy leads. So you're purchasing leads. That means out of pocket expense. Like right. we had a conversation about this early about a business owner actually, you know, investing in, in their leads. Yeah. And <laughs> like <laughs> the investment that you made to have, make this happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's scary. Like yeah. you said, you drop the money and you're just like, Oh shoot, like this yeah. better work. It's the same thing. Here I am throwing a thousand dollars down for leads that I don't, I've never called leads. I've yeah. never dealt with leads. Completely different system. Yeah. And to me, it was like, whoa. And so we buy the leads, we call the leads, and these are people that have requested the information. They want life insurance and they are asking us to call them and reach out to them. Mm-hmm. So it was insane. Like, I was just like, is this going to work? Is it not? And then it's like you're on the phone and you're making these phone calls. Well, you know, the population that we're reaching is like in their 60s and 70s. And they don't answer numbers. Yeah, they don't answer numbers. They don't know. This doesn't look like Timmy's number. (laughs) It's a scam. Turn this off. So you're you're getting all that back and forth. And you're like, is this going to work? Is this not going to? But I paid a thousand dollars. I got to make it work. Right. So, of course, you, you have the trial trial of numbers. So, it's the law of numbers and law of averages, all that fun stuff. So, the more phone calls you make, the more pickups you get, the more, you know, people you get on the phone, the more appointments you book, the more appointments you book, the more, you know, opportunities at closing. Right. I mean, it's with any sales. Exactly. Even other models, it's pretty much still it's the numbers. same thing. Yeah. But again, you're putting money on the table. Right. So you got Much go. bigger investment. Yeah. 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 So here I am. I'm like, okay, shoot. Like, let's do this. Like, okay. So out of the first, you know, 60 leads that we bought, um, we were able to book five or six appointments and we were freaking out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we got to close. We got to close. We got to close. The, what's the percentage on that? So of, so typically your first five, so that's like 2%. Mm, no. Well. 
So basically, out of 30 leads, if you buy 30 leads, you're going to get 10 people that will book okay. an appointment typically. Yeah, and I was just talking about your first one. Right. But yeah, and so. so, and of those 10 people that you book an appointment with, half of them are probably going to be there and not yeah. reschedule. Yeah. And of those half, you're probably, you know, of those five, you're probably going to close two or three sales. Those, those are just general sales numbers. Period. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, law of averages, yeah. numbers, all that, you know, math stuff. Yeah. <laughs> don't get into sales if you don't want to run big numbers. That's exactly. pretty much it. You got to put numbers in your favor. So here we are, brand new, never, never done this before. And I'm just like fumbling through it and end up after I remember I was like, Paul, I got to get you a win because we hadn't closed any business in the first two weeks of January. And Paul's birthday is is January 10th. Oh, okay. And so I go, are you sure you want to run on your birthday? He's like, got to make money. Let's go. We closed three sales that day. Wow. And I was like, happy birthday, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah. I was like, we did it. We made $3,000. From that $1,000 investment, we made 3000 There you go. So you already made profit. Exactly. And so it was one of those things where it was mind-blowing. I was just like, oh, my gosh. And one of the things that I always tell every single one of our agents that work with us, it's not easy, but it's not hard. Right. You just have to work the numbers. Mm -hmm. And if you invest in it, and you make money, you have to reinvest your money again. Right. Like you can't just work off the same batch of leads because those people have been called and you've called them and they haven't answered. So there's a reason why they're not answering. Right. Either they took care of it already or <laughs> they just don't care or they were messing around online. That happens even in the previous <laughs> company too. People call the same leads and we're just like, Really? Are you calling the same people over and over again? That's why you're not getting results. Exactly. <laughs> Go get some new people. Yeah. Exactly. And you have the opportunity with leads to buy fresh leads every single day okay. if you want to. Right. So that was completely huge change for us. So in January, our first month ever, we did about, I think it was like eight or $10,000, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I made that in a month. Like it was yeah. just like, like it was surreal. Like I was uh -huh. just like, okay. And I mean, we invested probably about $2,500 that month. Okay. So it was a great net profit. Yeah. So I was like, well, I can do this. And then February we went to sales conference and everything. We learned some more stuff and everything. Came back and in March we killed it. We did 15000 Okay. And then from there it just kept escalating and escalating. And while what ended up happening was throughout throughout all these time that was passing is all the relationships that I built in the past. Like people were reaching out to me, asking me questions, being very proactive and seeking me out. And I was trying to just do my job. Like I was just trying to make money mm -hmm. and, um, something very profound that one of my leaders told me that's part of my leadership. Now, um, she's like, if I don't go with you, I'm going to go with someone else. So you tell me, do you want me on your team or not? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, at that point, I was like, well, I, I kept pushing people away. So remember, I got that, had that conversation. You got to learn to be a receiver. Right. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden, I wasn't even looking for people. They were coming to me. Right. And it just started like piling on top of, like people were just seeking me out. And I was just like, wow. And it's just the relationships that you build throughout your career. You never know what they're going to do for you further down. Yeah, it's Remember, important. Right? Relationships is so important. And that one conversation that I kept hearing of people telling me, stop helping people that are not on your team. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> That's why. Mm -hmm. Because I was always giving. I was always helping. Yeah. I was always somebody that people could count on and regardless of what team they were on or who they were working with or whatever, 
people wanted to work with me because they respected me and they knew that I respected them. I feel you. So it, it was just one of those things where I just learned to be a receiver and I was like, if they're coming to me, I can't push them away. Like I can't. So would you say that your experience as far as like the clients and all that stuff, how how was it different? Was it better? Was it worse? Like, so it's, people would think, Oh, you're talking to complete strangers. It's so much easier to close a complete stranger Mm -hmm. because they want what you have. Right. It's like you literally, it's like, put it to you this way. Um, McDonald's, Starbucks distribution, right? Distribution channels. You're a distribution channel. They're coming to you. They're seeking out what you have. Right. They're just going to have to decide if they want a small, medium, or large. Hmm. That's and this is difference. America. They just want extra large. Just kidding. <laughs> super size. <laughs> yeah. Super size me. Just kidding, America. <laughs> Not really. Anyways. So that being said, I have a menu. I say, okay, what, it, what can I help you with? You said you want insurance. You know, you're looking for insurance. You're looking to take care of your final expenses. I'm here to help you. You know, I've got A, B, and C products. So basically people are already seeking out what you had, mm-hmm. what you have, what you're offering, and you right. just give them options and they pick. Exactly. How is that different than what it was before? So before I wasn't talking to people that wanted insurance. Before mm-hmm. it was kind of like you had to show them why and the value behind mm-hmm. the products that you offered. So it's kind of like you're trying to show them something and trying to sell them something that they're not looking for. Mm. Mm. So it's almost like you're you're kind of playing like an uphill battle with them to get them to that point. And if you're good at what you do, and I was good at what I did, you're able to close them because you, you give them enough value in the product that you're selling. You put enough value in something, people are going to buy. Right. The difference here is I spend 15 minutes with someone and I make $1,000. Not bad. And they're already looking for you. They're already looking for me. I'm not having to convince them that they need insurance. They already know they need insurance. They're just telling me, I want this one. Right. Versus business. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's a really good business. Yeah. (laughs) So here I am. I I get to a point where I'm like, well, this is getting crazy. Um, I need help. So now I have outsourced my needs. Mm -hmm. So... I actually have people in the Philippines that make phone calls for me. Hey. I have book appointments. That's awesome. So during a pandemic where nobody was making any money, I was able to pay someone in the Philippines to make phone calls for me. There you go. And I had an assistant that I was paying a salary to. And I was helping other agents do the same thing. That's awesome. So So this is like a true your own business. Yeah. Like literally. 100%. You have to run it like a real business. Exactly. Yeah. And the difference also here is that it's immediate issue policies. That means instant approval in the home. So the second I leave their house, they have a policy number. They have all the information that they need to, if in fact they pass away that next day, they're set. But how does that happen? For the people that don't understand, right? What so there's there's a couple of different types of insurance. That a lot of people don't realize there's simplified issue, and then there's um, what they call um, fully underwritten. So a fully underwritten product, that's something, usually a higher death benefit, and that higher death benefit will require that you take a medical exam and some sort of, you know, whole paramed, you know, lab results and everything. Because if an insurance company is going to give you a million dollars in death benefit, then they want to make sure you're healthy and you're going to be able to pay your premiums, right? right? They're not just going to give out a million dollars to anybody. Right. Whereas a simplified issue product, that's typically half a million and below. Okay. And half a million and below, all they're doing is they're checking your medical information bureau report, their yeah. MIB report. 
make sure there's no make sure there's no yeah there's no underlying you know medical issues you know you're not about to die <laughs> you're not pending <laughs> some major yeah because i remember in the industry people be like because they, they they every company has those uh non-medical policies and they're right. like oh well like i could be like no you can't be sick and dying and <laughs> we don't know it's just like people don't like needles or they don't want to take right. exam or it's not that big of a policy so <laughs> I just thought exactly that was funny. Yeah. well yeah and i do have what we call guaranteed issue right right so a guaranteed issue policy you have a 24 month waiting period so you can't pass away in 24 months or it won't pay out the death benefit yeah so there's guaranteed yeah, issue simplified issue and fully under in you can't really mm. cheat Companies, you can't, you know no. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why insurance is yeah. highly regulated. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So things are going very, very well for you. Yes. I've been blessed, ridiculously blessed. Okay. Um, and I'm grateful every day because, you know, as quickly as you get it, you can lose it. Yeah. And I mean, my life has shown that, yeah. you know, throughout. It's so, all been just preparing you for, yeah. for now. You know? So basically, what ended up happening was um, last, I actually just pulled the numbers. In the last three weeks of March, my agency has, um, we have 27 writers, meaning 27 people on the field writing business, and we've issued 152,000 152, in annual premium this month. Wow. So far. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So for people who don't understand what that means out there in YouTube world, what does that mean? <laughs> so $152,000 in premium issue paid to the field. So that means my agency has been paid out one hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. Oh, so your your team, my team your agency has, has made, made one hundred fifty-two thousand yeah. in the last three weeks. Right. So if you want to do the math, one hundred fifty-two thousand divided by twenty-seven people. Okay. So everyone's making money. Everyone's basically. making money. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's the vision, the future for you in this agency? And wow. yeah. <laughs> well, the ultimate goal. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> The ultimate goal is to actually get to a million a month. Okay. So a lot of people are like, you know, it's not about the money. It's It really isn't about the money for me. The goal is to get to a million a month because I want to get the agency to be profitable so that I can turn around and sell it. Right. So the, the conversation that I had with my partner is we're going to get this business so that it's profitable and we can turn around and make a profit so that we can then go on and do what we want to do. And it's profitable to your agents, so but you mean profitable to someone who would want to purchase it. Exactly. Okay. So there's um, the beautiful part about Family First Life, which is the organization I'm a part of. It's an IMO. Is they give you full ownership of your business. Okay. That yep. means you're fully directly with each individual carrier. So what's IMO for those who don't understand? Insurance marketing organization. Okay. So essentially what that means is that you have full ownership. You can do with your business how you please. Okay. If you want to name it ABC Insurance, you can call it ABC Insurance. If you want to <laughs> <A> do... ABC. <laughs> Bliss Seekers yeah. Insurance. There you go. <laughs> 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 there you go. Funny. I like it. <laughs> like, Bliss yeah, Seekers never Insurance. never know. I mean... Hey. <laughs> you never know, right? I am not allergic to money. That's for sure. <laughs> So what ends up happening is that you have the opportunity to market. And one of the things that I had at my previous time was I was always getting in trouble. I've always been the troublemaker. You know, I got in trouble for marketing and doing things outside <laughs> of, you know, the parameters that they allow. So I was always like, OK, fine. So I had a lot of handcuffs in the previous IMO that I didn't like, yeah. that I wanted to do things that I would always get cut off by. Yeah. So here I have full reign of what I want to do. Because it's truly, I mean. There's pros and cons to everything. The, right. the previous company has pros and it has cons. Oh, of course. And this has pros and cons. But just to understand, 
for those people out there right. to truly understand this is like running your own company. Yes. Like literally where yes. you have to come up with the money. Everything. Everything. Yeah. And, but in return, you get what? Highly compensated. And, and what Full else? ownership. Full ownership, highly compensated, okay. and the opportunity to be purchased by um, an integrity marketing group. Okay. So, so if uh, Integrity Market Group, who's that? It's a larger corporate organization, basically, that buys insurance companies. That's just crazy how much money there is out there. Like, from being in this industry, basically financial services, real estate, insurance, the last 15, 20 years of my career, besides the podcast, this is my career now. Woo. But um, <laughs> it's just crazy how much money there is out there. So, there is, there is no shortage of money in this world. There's money's abundance. There's just a shortage of people who can attract it. Well, it's not only attracting; is you have to be able to believe that you're worth that you exactly. deserve it, that you yeah. deserve right. it, yeah. and that's 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 the crazy thing. Mm -hmm. So I used to have that thing where I, you know, I don't deserve this. Like I, I don't, I didn't earn this. Like what the heck? And it's one of those things where you start thinking like, well, you know, how's that possible? So one of the fun things is that it's been a year now since I've been in an organization. And, and wow. Family it seems first. like it's been longer. I know. It's only been crazy. I started January 2020. It's kind of like <laughs> dragged on. It was like a blip on the radar. <laughs> it's like people forget. Yeah. So basically what ends up happening is that every single day I get deposits in my bank account. Every day. Every day. Every wow. day. It doesn't matter if it's every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. Do you get paid every single day? Yes. If you do, leave it in the comments. <laughs> If you don't, leave me in the comments. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sunday's the only day I yeah. don't get paid. Okay. See, God, God's still God there. Take his it's like, no, you're not getting paid on Sunday, Lissandra. I know, right? Yeah. That's awesome, though. But it's 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 phenomenal. Sometimes yeah. it's fifty bucks. Sometimes it's a hundred bucks. Sometimes mm. it's over a thousand bucks. Sometimes it's you know three, four, five, ten thousand dollars. The one thing I've learned about money in real estate, in Wells Fargo, and other companies, it all ads up. yeah you you're just like whoa like you know 20 over twenty thousand dollars in deposits this month yeah like money in my bank account i'm not talking about money on paper i'm talking in my physical bank account that's nice <laughs> i'm not complaining yeah. <laughs> you know? and um one of the things that a previous mentor would always say is build a big team and the money will come right yeah. and i didn't build a big team i built leaders yeah so i have huge leaders in my organization that they also have leaders in their organization so it's just the compounding effect yeah and so can you explain to the people out there what exactly it means to build a leader so you don't build leaders you identify leaders right so within my organization they either have previous experience in the organ in the industry or they came from another industry and they were leader they were in leadership roles so again, Michael Jordan, right. Tom Brady, you identify the strengths in each of your leaders and you let them go and do what they're best at. Right. So I never pretend to know it all. Yeah. And I don't expect to be the best, mm -hmm. but I definitely recruit the best. Well, you know, you have to be ego less to, to have leaders on your team. Exactly. Someone with a big ego will never have a leader on their team because I mean, you're going to be button heads all the time. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, I know about leaders, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fun when you find it a leader. Is. You don't have to do much for a leader. You no. just have to guide them. You just have to make sure that you're there for them when they need you. Yeah, they'll they'll mm -hmm. do everything else on their own. Oh yeah, and they'll even mess up on their own. They're like, oh my gosh, I did this. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, just try this next time. You yeah. know, it's and it's it's pretty awesome because now it's like you're duplicating yourself. Yeah, 
and you're not having to work as hard, you know, we're smarter, not harder. But you're, you're a mom too. So what yeah. I learned in this business, if you're a parent, it kind of helps you with people because you yeah. already have that experience to raise somebody. Right. Because building leaders is like re-raising kids. adults. Yeah. But exactly. Like kids, but they're like adults because <laughs> you got to kind of change kids. your thinking and, yeah. you know. But one of the things that I did learn from the previous company is Socratic leadership. Yeah. How to move people and guide them to do what you want them to do without making them feel like you're pushing them into a box or into mm -hmm. a corner. Right. So you almost say it in a way that you're trying to get them to understand that you want to help them. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of telling them in a way that's not, you never want to talk down to anyone. You never want to make someone feel less than. You never want to make someone feel like they did something wrong. But, you know, listen more, talk less is a big thing on that. So whenever I have someone that's like, you know, I see that they're kind of going off on a tangent or maybe they're they could be doing better mm -hmm. i ask a, i ask a bunch of questions <laughs> yeah. like hey how's it going you know what do you got going on what's your goal what what do you have going on what do you want to do in the next you know when do you want to hit your next milestone what are, are you on pace to do that what do you what do you need from me and then the more questions you ask the more engagement you get from that individual and that individual tends up telling you what they want out of you yeah it's the same in sales. Mm -hmm. So the more questions you ask a client, mm -hmm. the more information you're going to gather and the easier it is for you to close them. Yeah. And if you say it, they defend it. They say it, they own it. Exactly. Right. So over the, the course of years, I've learned different techniques and everything that have stuck with me and it's, it's made me who I am today. Yeah. So every experience has only built me to be a stronger leader. And, you know, Leo's, I'm a Leo. So Leo's naturally are natural born leaders, but because of everything that I went through throughout my life. I mean, you guys got a little taste of that. Yeah. Um, you know, getting beaten down and everything and fighting and crawling my way back up has just given me the opportunity to see like, hey, people have bad days. Mm -hmm. People have good days. And you just have to be able to be there and be constant in their life so that they understand that you're there to help them and not pushing them. Right. Like you're not going to push them off the edge. Because mm -hmm. people go through things. People have divorces. People have yeah. separations. They, you know, they are separated from their kid. I mean, most people don't know. I'm separated from my son. He's a thousand miles away from me, like 80% of the time. Wow. And people are like, how do you do it? I'm like, because when I'm with him, it's about him. That's important, though, because a lot of people, especially high achievers, busy, busy people. Because right. if you're successful, you're busy, right? Right. They beat themselves up because they don't spend a lot of time. But right. I learned that quality of time is sometimes a lot more important than yes. amount. Because yeah. a lot of times parents are just watching TV with their kids and they're yeah. not even interacting. Their kids on their phone. And again, whatever. If that's what you're exactly. doing, that's fine. But just, I mean, it's it's it's, it's important for the people who are busy, especially the mothers yeah. out there. I'm mean, sure the fathers care as well as much too. But um, just you understand don't see many mother, mothers separated from their kids though. Yeah, it's tough. So yeah. for for people like they question me a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had so many people that question me. And I'm just like Those are average people. <laughs> well, what they don't know is that the conversations that I have with my son are so much more elevated than the the basic conversations. Yeah. I have conversations about why did you decide to do such and such? What was the reason why? Yeah, and what was him. your outcome? Like on the drive home right now, 
I say, why, you know, why is it that you feel, you know, upset or when you go back to with your dad after you spend some time with me, what is it that bothers you? Can you explain that to me? Why do you mm. feel frustrated? Why are you kind of angry at the world? You know, what changes your mood? Mm. And he's all, because when I'm with you, it's just you and me. But when I'm with dad, it's him, it's my two sisters, you know, it's my stepmom. He goes, and I don't have time for me. Right. And I was like, okay, that's fair. Mm -hmm. But have you expressed that? Have you told me, hey, give me like two minutes. I just need to go to my room, decompress, and then I'll come out and join you guys. He's like, no. And I was like, well, do you think that if you talk to them about it, that they'll feel better about it? Like they'll be able to handle that a little bit more? He's like, yeah, but it's just like my sisters are annoying. And yeah. I mean, he's 12, you know, mm, it's like yeah. he's a preteen, you know, he's a different mindset. Yeah. And his sisters, they just won't play with him. Yeah. You know, he's been gone. So they want to play with him. But I told him, I go, just express what it is that that you need and you'll find that it's perceived better. Right. And so it's just he goes, yeah, you're right. And that's the kind of conversations ever since he was a baby. Like I always talked to him like an adult. I right. never spoke to my child like and some people <laughs> ridiculed me. How are you talking to him like that? You speak to him like a grown up. I'm like, yeah, but he also knows how to make decisions. Yeah. He doesn't question like when he makes a decision. He knows like I can make this decision. I think that's important. I met some lady um in Shasta in June. <laughs> and uh she uh she was talking about that. She, mm -hmm. Ever since her kid was 5, she started she was talking to him like an adult. Yep. And her kids are successful. They can think for themselves. Right. They're independent. All that kind of stuff. So. And yeah, and that's Abner. Like he's totally 100% independent. And he knows that time with me, like mom's got to work. Like it, it's it's good. Like I get it. Like, one one thing I can leave you with um, is, so my dad was always very busy. And so was my mom. Like mm -hmm. they weren't really ever around. I mean, they tried like, you know, but it wasn't like they're around all the time. And I didn't really need it. Mm -hmm. But I saw the example. I right. saw my dad hustling. I saw him being great with people. I saw him achieving things. I saw my mom working really hard, you know, bringing home money. Had mm -hmm. we had we moved to good areas, so I don't remember that they weren't around all the time. And I don't even, honestly, I don't even care. Yeah. I just know how important the examples of success were. Yeah, and that's powerful. You know what I mean? Because in the end, they're not going to remember that you missed that one game or yeah. you weren't there. They're going to remember the the example that you that you set. Right, and that's the other thing. Also, is not only that is that I have he's traveled the world, like well, the U.S. He's been to New York. He's been to Jersey. He's been to Baltimore. He's been to D.C. He's been. He, I'm going to take him next week to the Pacific Northwest. He's going to see Seattle, Portland, mm -hmm. you know, Astoria, Bend. And he's been all over Arizona. Like he has had probably more flights in his lifetime than most people in their whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so when I ask him, hey, what do you want to do this summer? He's like, well, he goes, how about we go to Spain? <laughs> like, <laughs> awesome. like this kid, like, and that was the thing is in 2020, we were supposed to go to, to um, Barcelona. Wow. So like our whole trip got canceled and everything. And I'm just like, ah, so rescheduled rescheduled yeah. yeah so but they're not booking so it was like a whole 10 14 days that we were going to be out in, wow. in europe and see all these places and i was just so bummed that i couldn't yeah. do that for him everything happens for a reason divine yes. timing yeah well you had to you know re rebuild your business <laughs> yeah exactly mm -hmm. so i mean all these things like have happened and it's just been one thing after another and it's just been super awesome i mean 
I have a pretty awesome life. <laughs> like, yes, I'm not complaining. Do. That's awesome. And, you know, I'm traveling like I'm traveling for for work. You know, I'm, I'm up here. I'm spending time with my son. I'm running in the field Friday and Saturday. I'm going to pick him up on Sunday. We're going to drive up to um, Bend, Oregon, spend some time with my brother. The next day, we're going to explore Portland. The next day, I'm going to be in Vancouver for a sales conference. The next day after that, on Thursday, we're going to go explore Seattle, Astoria, and then drive back to Bend, spend the night with my brother. And then from Bend on Friday, we're going to drive back to the Bay Area, and I'm running in the field on Saturday. Ma'am. You just gave us your schedule, like yeah. seven days yeah. schedule. It seems. What yeah. does it take to be successful? Awesome. There you go. You have to schedule it in. Schedule yeah. it in. That's one thing I learned. No yep. matter what, everything you want to do in life, if it's not on a schedule, it's not going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did learn that too. It's a, one yeah. of the most valuable lessons. How does someone that's so busy get it done? Right. Schedule it in. If Even like go to the bathroom, work out, see my son. <laughs> like literally. It has to be on If you're schedule. that busy, it's like take well, a, go pee. So right? funny thing is you know i'm single obviously right <laughs> so I don't have time. there you go gentlemen <laughs> no. power lady who's single <laughs> so anytime i date and any, i'm like look i'm like it seems like we're hitting it off we're having a conversation if i don't schedule you in we're not gonna date and they're like i have to make an appointment I'm like, <laughs> yeah you kind of do yeah and it's like it, it's funny to me but it's it's my reality yeah mm. And some people, they can't handle that. And I'm like, okay, easy to check you off, you know, yeah. moving on. But it's the truth. It's like, like you said, busy people get things done because it's on a schedule. Yeah. And everything in life, that's how it works. Like, and the, r- the right person will fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was not going to be difficult. The right person <laughs> be like, all right, well, Saturday, Monday, and right. Thursday. Let me yeah. schedule you in, too. Right. right. Yeah. They're going to do that. Like, <laughs> Let me check my schedule. Exactly. It's still in the cellophane. Hold on. Shh. <laughs> Have you ever seen No, it is the funniest thing though. And they're like, Well, what day do you take off? I'm like, Sunday. <laughs> That's the only day. And they're like, Why Sunday? I was like, Because most people, you know, they spend time with their family that day. Yeah. You know, so I don't really work that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will if I got an appointment, right? Exactly. Yeah, I will. Wow. So um you also mentioned you want to be an angel investor. Yes. So that's the ultimate goal. So when I got like, remember, I told you, like they said, find what it is that you're passionate about and work towards that. And that's my ultimate goal is to be an angel investor. And most people don't know what an angel investor is. What is is it? Yeah. So you've heard of many people like Gary Mm Vee, Grant Cardone. Yeah. Okay. Things that they do is they invest in other people's businesses. But an angel investor doesn't announce it. Yeah. Okay, so an angel investor, what they do is they have the cash flow, they have the mon- the monetary means to be able to assist a startup, to be able to be, you know, the next Uber, right? So Gary Vee passed on Uber a couple of times, I know, right? I've watched the video <laughs> where he's talking about all the companies he passed on, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. But he's but still again, extremely successful. He's still successful, exactly. Yeah. And I consider him kind of an angel investor because he doesn't really talk about the companies he's going to invest in. Um, so it's, so a capital, you know, there's, there's different types of investors, and for me, an angel investor is someone that basically invests in things that they're passionate about, things that they feel are going to make an impact, a difference in this world, and they don't need the credit for it. Mm-hmm. They just want to make an impact in this world, and yeah. that's their, their way of doing it. Yes. But it's monetarily. You're investing monetarily into another company, and obviously you're going to get money from it because you're investing. When you yeah. invest, you get a return mm-hmm. on your investment, but not all of them pay out. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. But in order to get there, I have to be able to build an infrastructure that's going to pay me 
monetarily to be able to do that so I can give back. Yeah. So you want to be successful and then you want to help others be successful. Exactly. Yeah. But it's stuff mm-hmm. that you're passionate about. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's not about how much money you make, but it's about how you make yeah. your money. And so hanger app, what's that? So funny thing, when I moved back to Arizona, um, I was on this app called Shaper app. I don't know if you guys have heard, I've heard it. of it. Yeah. So I got on it for networking and, you know, cause that was the way to meet people in the industry in different industries and mm-hmm. kind of build your, your, your circle. So I came across this individual, his name's Cam and, uh, he reached out to me and he offered me a job. He said, can you, I, I'm looking for a CFO. And I laughed and I said, I'm not employable. <laughs> I know. I get irritated when people hit me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's like, I'm not employable. And they're like, and he's like, well, let's meet. He goes, because I like your background. He looked me up on LinkedIn and everything. He's like, I like your background. I like what you're about. I'd like to at least have an introductory. And here I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm going to sell him some life insurance. Come on, close Opportunity. Right? So Cam and I met in October of 2018, I think it was, or 2017. And um, I came out to his office out in Phoenix and we sat down, we had a conversation and literally it was a conversation for like 30 minutes, nonstop conversation about everything having to do with my career, my past and H&M and all the retail background that I had. And he's like, okay, he goes, I know you said that you're not employable, but let me tell you about my idea. Mm. And maybe it's something that you'd be interested in. Wow. He, He felt comfortable enough to share his idea with you. Yeah. And I was just, and this was before NDA or anything. I was just like, okay. Like, I was like, what's he about, you know? And so the idea is that it's going to be an application and, you know, an actual mobile app in which, you know, I, I can't say too much, obviously, right. for obvious reasons. But essentially, it's going to be a way to connect the fashion industry that has never been done before. Wow. So you're talking... If, in fact, Hanger was up and running at the beginning of 2020, there wouldn't have been a shortage in PPE. There wouldn't have been a shortage in masks. There wouldn't have been a shortage at all in all the materials that needed to be happen, to happen and be out there because we would have been up and running and people within the Hanger organization would have been able to create those products. Wow. So basically, you're going to take all these years of experience running other companies and put it into an app and become very successful that's cool that's what's gonna happen fashion is my passion ah (laughs) that's awesome i like that that's a good quote you should make a t-shirt with that right (laughs) or that's the uh the motto of the hanger app the hanger app fashion is my passion you hear that cam Mm. hey just you know give me a little credit that's all i need it's like comes back full or just share the podcast and subscribe right right? exactly (laughs) (laughs) hey by the way i need angel investors we need angel investors here so if you guys like our podcast and you want to angel invest let us know blissseeker17 at gmail.com all right so we always finish out the podcast with our world famous world famous joe's <laughs> six cues so i'm gonna pass it right over to joe she's gonna ask some deep questions and then deep we'll go questions yeah. okay we're gonna we'll go see. Deep. we'll see how deep <laughs> it goes um you know thank you for sharing by the way oh, all your life pleasure. story which lead me to this question um <laughs> do you have any advice for any like single mothers out there who basically went through what you went through and you know struggles right so Everybody has their own story. So 
don't take my story and say, well, I should be in a better place or I should be, I should have overcome this already. You have your own story. Don't stress. Allow yourself to grieve. Allow yourself to deal with all the mess. And you're going to be okay. It might not be right away. It might not be in the moment that you want it to happen. But you're going to be okay. And the one thing that I do want you to know and to keep to heart is never badmouth the father. Because that is your son's representative of who a man is supposed to be. So that being said, that being said is that as much as I was angry and everything, I never kept my son from his father. Never. I never kept him from spending time with him. I never um, said that he wasn't a good father. Um, He's been a great father to him and he's provided for him. And, you know, yeah, things didn't work out between us, but it's not about us. It's about our son. So everything that I've ever done is to better my son. And if I were to tear down the only male figure that he has in his life, then I would not allow him to actually have a relationship with his father. And I think that's why they're so close too, because he knows that, you know, that's his dad. You know, it's probably his hero. I know my parents are my heroes. So like you have to, you have to keep your calm and your cool when you're I mean I know it's hard trust me I've been there and I I have conversations with my son I'm like you know it didn't it didn't work but every time he's with me I tell him a story about his dad when he was younger I tell him like it was funny I showed him a video of when we were in a rock band and yeah I didn't talk about that I was in a rock Mm -hmm. band so um and he was just tripping out because he was like oh my dad my dad and he's like oh my god and I'm like yeah so Always, always, you know, regardless of what happened in the relationship, make sure you don't disrespect the father in front of your child. That's the biggest. That's difficult, but powerful. Yeah, Yeah. it's very powerful. Really big, big on you. And for, for people to hear that too, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Is that the hard one? (laughs) No. What does following your bliss looks like for you this year? Wow. This year. So... That's a good question. <laughs> um, one of the things that I've learned, so following my bliss, the biggest thing that I took away, so I started dating again in 2018 after being single since 2010. So <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, what? Um, it has been a whirlwind of emotions, experiences, and a lot of learnings. And... Um, this year I made a commitment that I'm not going to hold expectations. I'm just going to be me and I'm going to enjoy my life and I'm going to live my life to the most of my ability and find fulfillment in every single opportunity that I can. So when you do that and even in your dating life, like it, it changes everything because you enjoy living in the moment. And that's one of the things that I, I mean, anybody that follows me on Instagram, they're always like, why is she posting at 11, 11 all the time? Why is she posting at two twenty two? Why is she posting? I'm living in every single moment and I just put a little like a little phrase that I'm thinking at that time and I just put it out there. It's like, you know, maybe it's something I'm supposed to share at that moment. And that's just living my bliss this year is just living in every single moment and Mm. enjoying every single moment regardless of what's going on. Because that's, I mean, that's all I can get out of that. Do you believe in numerology? 
Is that what you post at 11, you 11 know, to 22? You know, it just, it, it, I don't believe in it, so to speak, but yeah. I've heard about the law of attraction and yeah. I've read about that and yeah. all that. And it just, it comes to me. I don't mm-hmm. sit there and wait at the phone. Oh my God, it's going to be 11, 11 in like two minutes. I got to wait. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Yeah. It's just, it literally, my mind, like I just, I pick up my phone. I'm like, oh. It happens to me a lot. It, it, yeah. I usually Google and it would say like what, what the angels are trying to tell you. Yeah. Right. Oh, keep the faith, you know, be strong or whatever. It's like reminders, right. basically. It's a sign that, that you're on the right path. You're in alignment with your yeah. passion alignment, yeah. and your goals. Yeah. That's awesome. 222 is my birthday. That's oh. like the one of my f- when I, it's like master <laughs> angel numbers too. So when I, I didn't know it, that. It's like power and accomplishment. I think oh, that's wow. what it means. But yeah. That's cool. I see that's that a cool. lot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, um, okay, so if you were to be told you had 48 hours left to live, what is the first and last thing you would do? I would go wherever my son is and whatever happens. As long as I'm with him, that's all that matters. It's beautiful. Yeah. Simple as that. Somebody knows their why. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. From the beginning to the end. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite book. Um, kids book if you don't have it and you have an infant or you know someone that has an infant get the book it's called um oh my gosh (laughs) totally blanked it's called um so long as i'm living my mother um your mother i'll be so long as i'm living your mother i'll be yeah i'll find out exactly the title and things and i'll I'll shoot it over to you guys but it's it's an absolutely amazing book so anytime i know someone that had a baby i I ship them that book (laughs) because <laughs> it's yeah. awesome it really is it's a really great book okay advice for anybody who wants to have a healthy relationship with money oh that's a good question i didn't have a healthy relationship with money <laughs> not many people do yeah. um it was something where i had to have nothing to be able to understand the value of it so um growing up with not enough money or not you know always having to ask and not getting it mm. when I got it I didn't know how to hold on to it so one of the things that I've tried to instill in my son and everything is is the understanding of money and the value behind it so I run the risk of like wanting to give him everything you know I just want to give him everything like whatever he asks. okay yeah no problem you know I can do that now mm. but one of the things that I've had to take a step back and remind myself is that I don't want to make a mistake and not teach him what money means. The value so of money. the value of what it is, exactly. And one of the things that I've learned is that you never want to say no to your kid. And my, my sister's a teacher. She's a third grade teacher. And she says, she's like, you never want to tell the person, the kid, no to something that you want them to stop. Hmm. So if they're running, you say no running, they're going to keep running because all they hear is running. Mm -hmm. So instead you say, can you please slow down? It changes their mind. Mm -hmm. So when you're you're talking to somebody that that wants to learn the value of money or to be able to manage their money better, you say, okay, so do you work with a budget? How do you spend your money? Ask the questions and break it down. Because, I mean, I know me personally, like I can't go a day without getting at least one caffeine drink a day. Right. But again, it's the value that I place in it. Like for me, I need the caffeine, whatever. It gives me joy. It gives me that that instant gratification. Right. But if I'm in a position where I'm spending, you know, 
ridiculous amount of money on that caffeine drink, you know, is it really that that's bringing you the joy or is it the spending of the money? Wow. Do you have a caffeine budget? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. And it's so funny thing is I, I, I'll drink Starbucks, but I'm addicted to Dutch bros oh. and there's none here in the Bay Area. And I'm like, oh my God. So I can't wait to go to Portland. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, where's that at? Okay. Portland. Dutch bros. So Dutch brothers is actually a competitor with, with Starbucks and they're all over Arizona. Mm-hmm. They're just now getting to the Bay Area. They're in Stockton and all the Central Valley, mm-hmm. but they're coming this way. So you're going to enjoy. I'll try something. <laughs> Dutch Bros is coming. I make my own plant-based latte. So Of course you do. Yeah, it's bomb, though. <laughs> uh, but I switched to decaf about yeah, a year and a half I, ago. Yeah, but I do teas. I'm obsessed with iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I get my caffeine. There you go. Yeah. Tea is good Did that you. answer your question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's a I'm like, lot of yeah, good <laughs> stuff. Um, so how would you like to be remembered? So I... I make jokes about this and everything, but I literally want to have like buildings named after me. I do. I, I want to have Sandra or Duarte. Well, Duarte is my ex-husband's name. Oh, so, so definitely not Duarte. It, it'll be Lisandra for sure. Um, but Duarte is my son's last name. So okay. that's I'm OK with that. Lisandra yeah. Towers. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. I mean, you end up. You know, you end up building your name and your name is who you are and it's your your identity. And I mean, I looked up my name because, you know, I was told to look up what my name means. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth, I believe, is um, something about leadership and and Sandra is um, helper of mankind. Mm -hmm. So my name is Lisandra, which my dad wanted to call me Elizabeth. My mom, Sandra, because my dad wanted to call me Lizzie. My mom, Sandy. All right. So that's how they ended up compromising with Lisandra. So that's how I got my name. And um, me personally, I want to be able to give back to like my community. I want to go and I want to rebuild the facility, the dance studio for um, Ballet Folklorico in Tucson High. Like I want to give them that dance studio because I went back like two years ago and because uh, they wanted to bring back old classmates to, you know, kind of do like a, a back you know, class. And I was like, wow, I can actually still dance. A reunion. A reunion kind of thing, you know, with the new class and everything. And I was like, this is what they're dancing in. Like, this is like beat up. Like, yeah. I was like, I need the money to be able to give to them so they can fix it up, you know? Yeah. And just things like that. Like, that's what I want to do. And I mean, it doesn't, my name doesn't have to be like on a big wall. It could be in a floorboard somewhere. And I'm okay with that. What's your maiden name? Um, my name, my, my dad's last name is Bautista. It could be Barrio Lisandra. Barrio Lisandra. <laughs> <laughs> a neighborhood. Hey, you uh, live in Barrio Lisandra? Dang, that's, that's like the nicest barrio in Tucson. Yeah, everybody will know. <laughs> right? Hey. I don't know about that, but okay. You never know, right? Yeah, hey, you never know. <laughs> never, never know. know. Um, last one is, what's your number one wish for the world? Um, communication. I think mm. we lack communication. Instead of actually talking to each other, we're so blinded by what we see on social media or what is out there in the media in general that we don't actually have a conversation with the person next to us. That's why we do this, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because like, yeah, I mean, people always ask, why is podcast so popular nowadays? Why are they blown up? I go, well, number one, if you sat with somebody and said, let me tell you my life story, they'd be like, okay uh, what <laughs> i don't got time for that 
Number two, nobody has deep conversations anymore. Right. And number three, communication is very mm. bad. So that, I, I feel, I don't know, it could be wrong, but I feel that's why podcasts are so popular. It's true. Any last words, Joe? Um, this has been amazing. You're very inspiring. <laughs> thank, you. Um, thank you for taking the time. Um, even your son letting you come here as well. Um, shout out to him. Yeah. Um, you are an amazing leader. And you you already are have given so much to the community. And, you know, there's more to come. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a fun. That was powerful. Again, well, I mean, I'm super excited that I got to know your story. Yeah. It all makes sense now. <laughs> now I'm like, no wonder. You know what I mean? And, uh, uh, you know, I'm very happy that you're finally in your receiving stages. And yeah. I wish you abundance and success. And, um, you know, I appreciate you being on the show. And I hope this helps you as well. Yes, and, uh, you know, uh, say hi to Abner. <laughs> I remember him when he was little, right? But yeah, thank you. I mean, yeah. definitely, we'll definitely have you on in the future thank as you. well. And uh, I just, just keep receiving. Thank you. That's it. Just keep yeah. receiving and don't give a crap what anybody thinks <laughs> or says. Because when you yeah, leave a tribe, when you leave a tribe, <laughs> people are going to talk smack or whatever. But, you know, they don't understand. It's your life. It's, right. You know, it's your purpose. And, you know, you're, if you're following your purpose, and I believe you are, then yeah. you can't fail in your purpose, right? Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any last words and where can they find you? Wow. So last words is, you know, find out what you're meant to do in this world and go after it. Don't worry about what anybody says, the naysayers. You know, if anyone talks bad, who cares? Like, at the end of the day, they don't pay your bills. So. Facts. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm all over the place. Um the one I'm most active on is probably Instagram. I'm at Latina Lady Boss on Instagram. Lady Boss. We'll leave it in the description below. Yeah. So check the description below. And uh, yeah, so I'm all over. I'm on Facebook and um, I have a website, the whole thing. So yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you. And as always, follow, follow your, your bliss. bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend, uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss.